Why is a vampire bat like the collector of internal revenue? No, this isn't an Alice in Wonderland style riddle. It's I Love Lucy. This week, we're talking Lucy Gets Ricky on the Radio. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back to The Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana, and I'm so excited to talk today about Lucy Gets Ricky on the Radio, a really fun little episode. And it premiered 70 years ago today on May 19th, 1952. I almost said 2052, which would be in the future. Good grief. I am sleep deprived. <laughs> so here's what happens in Lucy Gets Ricky on the Radio. We we open with Lucy and Ricky looking unbelievably stylish and they're snuggling on the couch. It's very cute and they're waiting for the Mertzes to show up and as soon as they do they just very seamlessly transition into a TV night. They they have this big stick of Jiffy Pop and lemonade and It seems like it's very clear that this is a habit that they've built over many, many weeks, many months, maybe even years. But Lucy says she doesn't want to watch TV, that they do this all the time, that maybe it would be good for them to have a conversation, which they try, but they they can't think of anything to say. So Lucy gives up and they decide to watch TV after all. And something I just noticed, it has nothing to do with the episode, but Ricky eats popcorn so fast. He is shoveling this stuff, but one kernel at a time. But he's just going at such a clip. And then we get this fun little bit where suddenly everyone and their mother, except for Ethel, decides that the TV needs to be adjusted. So Ricky adjusts it to brighten it, and then Lucy adjusts it back. But then there's wavy lines, so Fred decides he's going to fix it and fix the lines. And then Ricky says it's out of focus. I mean, these people are insane. And eventually, it culminates in essentially Lucy and Ricky wrestling over the television until they break it. And now they can't watch TV anymore. And they lament having absolutely nothing to do until Lucy remembers this handy dandy little invention called the radio. And she brings it out and they all stare at it like a TV, which is a very cute little moment. And it turns out that the show that's on is the Freddie Fillmore show. This time he's hosting a show called Mr. and Mrs. Quiz, but we should all remember Freddie Fillmore from the quiz show where he hosted a show called Females Are Fabulous. So he's really making the rounds. So Mr. and Mrs. Quiz is a very simple premise. It's a married couple and he asks them three questions and if they get for every question they get right, they get $100. Then they get to answer a jackpot question for $500. I would go on this tomorrow. This is a lot of money for me personally. Um, And, you know, just using the handy dandy inflation station. I mean, this is, this is like eight grand. Like this is a good chunk of money in today's, in today's money. So we begin the trivia show. Everyone's listening in. Nobody really knows the answers except Ricky. He gets the first question right. And everyone is absolutely shocked. Then he gets the second question right. And he's looking very smug about himself. And then he gets the third question right, and everybody is just completely confused, because who knew that Ricky was a quiz kid? Lucy and Ethel go into the kitchen to make sandwiches, which was a ploy by Ricky, because he just wants to confess to Fred that he was actually at the station when the show was taped, and that's how he knew all the answers. Which Fred thinks is freaking hilarious, because, again, he is everyone's personal hype man. 
except his own wife, who he seems to have a lot of issues with. But for Lucy and Ricky, he's a great friend. So the next day, Lucy and Ethel are fantasizing about if Ricky had actually been on the show that night and won all that money. Ethel thinks of it as three crisp $100 bills, and Lucy sees it as pennies that she's running barefoot through, which is a very fabulous image, if you ask me, although probably very, very dirty and bacterial. Anyway, Lucy decides to call the station and get Ricky on the show because she says, oh, well, if he's such a genius, this is going to work out for me. And Lucy is very, very good at manipulation because she calls the radio station and tells them that he is one of the smartest men in the United States and that if they play their cards right, they might be able to get him on the show. And they immediately bite at this. And I just love when we see examples of her just casually being wily. I feel like we see Lucy a lot with these like giant schemes. And obviously this is part of her giant scheme, but because her her big schemes often go very poorly, it's kind of nice to see her just like navigating her way through life in a very sneaky way. It's it's fun to see her casually succeed, if you will. <laughs> so when Ricky comes home, Lucy turns on the radio to which which will have the announcement that he's going to be on the show the next night right as Ricky confesses that he already knew the answers and you see the life just leave Lucy's body i mean she dies inside and Ricky is so upset because he's going to be so embarrassed and he says that all he knows for a quiz show is that Columbus discovered Ohio in 1776 And he says that when they go on the next night that Lucy better know all the answers or things are not going to go well. And Lucy gives a giant spider that big, and Ricky mimics it. So we get a little baby spider, a little spiderette, if you will. So we head to the office of our favorite and first ever recurring character, I do believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever had a character come back in another episode besides the, the core four. Um, Maybe like Jerry. I don't even know, man. (laughs) Um, Like one of the publicity agents. But anyway, I'm choosing it's Freddie Fillmore because I love Frank Nelson. So Freddie Fillmore is reviewing the questions for that night's show. And Lucy arrives in just a freaking stunning dress. I mean, they look so good this episode. And Freddie is chuffed to bits because Ricky is a big break for him. Getting a, a celebrity is is a huge deal and it's going to help him get a sponsor that will help him get syndicated. This is a big day for him. And as Lucy's getting ready to just die inside for the second time this episode, we find out that Freddie has the answers to that night's questions in his hands. And so she starts desperately trying to see them. And he gets on the phone at one point during their meeting and he's spinning around in his chair and she's following behind him. It's a very funny little bit where he's spinning and she's turning and she's trying to pretend she doesn't see it. She tries to grab the answers, but Freddie balls them up and he throws them on the ground. And so Lucy, very intelligently, and I don't know why he didn't think she would do this, shuffle kicks them out so that she can memorize the answers, which she does. She does not know the questions. They're not on the form. So she only knows that the answers to said questions are collector of internal revenue, the sap runs every two years, and to scrape the barnacles off her hulls in that order. And she says she doesn't even care what the questions are. So we head to the recording. And Freddie announces at the beginning of the show, before the Ricardos come on, that they've changed their usual format so that no one thinks that Ricky is being given cheat questions. So they're going to pull questions out of a bowl. Uh Uh-oh. And this is just like, I should save this for my reaction, but this is such a great 
basic comedic setup. Like all the elements are there. We know that Lucy has answers. And then, you know, we, we know that there are specific questions in a specific order. We know that Lucy has the answers to those specific questions in those specific orders. And now we know that that's not what's happening. So the audience is already prepared for this to be a mess. It's just really good writing. Really good, really simple writing. That's not crazy obvious, but that tells us what we need to know. So the Ricardos come out. Lucy looks really confident. Ricky looks like he's having an attack. Um... So Ricky draws the first question out, and Lucy doesn't even notice that that questions are being drawn out of a bowl. It never really clicks to her. So the first question turns out to be, what is the animal that attaches itself to you and drains your blood? And Lucy, before Ricky can even open his mouth, says, the collector of internal revenue, the real answer of which is the vampire bat, which apparently Ricky knew or at least pretended to know. So he pulls the second question out. And it is, what is the senator's term of office? And again, Lucy, with all the confidence in the world, the sap runs every two years. And Ricky is just ready to just go away, change his name, join the witness protection program. And he demands that he gets to answer the next question. And so the final question that they've agreed Ricky will answer is, why did the French people put Marie Antoinette under the sharp blade of the guillotine? And Ricky doesn't know the answer, and he looks really confused and nervous. So Lucy whispers her answer into his ear, and very pleased and very happily, he announces to scrape the barnacles off her hull. But alas, no, that's not why Marie Antoinette was executed. And Freddie says that they're the first husband and wife team to miss all three questions, but that they still get to try the jackpot, which Lucy doesn't have an answer to. And the question for that is, what did George Washington say while crossing the Delaware? And Ricky is so upset and he's trying to leave, but Lucy grabs him and he just says into the microphone, please let me sit down. This is making me sick, which is correct. And they win the $500 jackpot and they smile and they laugh and they applaud and they kiss. And that's the end of this very silly episode. So... Before we rewatched this episode, I I didn't really recognize the log line. I didn't really remember that I'd seen this one. Um, it was kind of forgettable to me, I guess, because um, this was one that was in my my video collection as a kid that I watched all the time. And when I started watching it again, it all came flooding back to me very quickly. Um, but you know, because I kind of realized I had seen this one many many times but had forgotten about it, I was like, well, how good could it really be? But this episode for me is very charming. It's completely inconsequential. It basically consists of two fun comedic bits with like an inner mezzo at Freddie Fillmore's office. But I think it's really, really well done. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And I just really like it. We get these two scenes that both are doing something really special. So the scene at the beginning is this really fun skewering of this TV session in America that was brand new. And I love this because they're making fun of their own audience and identifying with them. And we've talked before about punching up and punching down. And I think if this was a movie and they were making fun of TV, it wouldn't have the same zing um, that it does in this context. You know, I Love Lucy is supposed to be a reflection of life and they're a television show. And so I kind of like the weird like inception that they're doing here. (laughs) 
I mean, think about it. It really is kind of genius. At this point, I Love Lucy was the number one show. And so it can't help but feel like almost a little self-endorsement. Like, I know you're obsessed with me while also saying, you know, hey, we're just like you. And the thing that I really love about this episode is its pacing. This opening scene is slowed way down after the chaos of the last few episodes. And I think when we think of I Love Lucy, we think of that that speed and that pace. And Lucy operates in chaos better than almost anyone. Uh, And we've come to expect this from her. So for me, this episode was kind of like a lovely break from form that shows us just how well the show can work due to the skills of the cast and not about just kind of making things so crazy that you laugh because it's crazy. Does that make sense? And then we have the Freddie Fillmore show, which is just a very fun spin on actually a pretty classic bit. You know, I I really love the way that the writers blended everything together. I talked earlier about how I, I love the setup of it and how clean it is and how simple it is. But what I also love is that the answers aren't just wrong, that they're hilarious and they're slightly biting when they're applied to the new question. I mean, I Love Lucy never got particularly risque, but this is pretty close. You know, when applying the answer to scrape the barnacles off her hull to a question about Marie Antoinette, there's like this glimmer of bodiness that is just beautifully offset by this gleaming innocence in Desi Arnaz's eyes. And Lucy gets her versions of this with these slightly off-color political jokes, like the IRS, you know, is a vampire or the senator is a sap who runs every two years. It takes its time and it relies on wordplay and patience. I just really enjoyed this, both comedically and, like I said, as a respite from the pace we've grown accustomed to. This episode doesn't have a great big Lucy moment. It's not even particularly flashy. It's just entirely pleasant and well done, and it's fully worth a watch. I I will watch this one again. It's just nice, <laughs> and I, I like that they took some risks. They 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 went a little outside of their comfort zone, and I think it really pays off in this episode. Okay, so really quickly, time for a few historical notes. So as I said before, we have Frank Nelson coming back, playing Freddie Fillmore for the second time. He'll be playing. Um, the neighbor in Connecticut, Ralph, later, and he comes back many times. My personal favorite performance of his is in, uh, I think it's called Pregnant Women Are Unpredictable, where they go, where Lucy is pregnant and she goes to a restaurant with Ricky and the Merces and she changes her mind like 18 times. Maybe it's just called Lucy Changes Her Minds. Anyway, the point being, he plays the waiter in that and he's hilarious in that. We talked more about his career in the quiz show, but Frank Nelson is, to me, the best guest star that I Love Lucy has. I love him. I think he's such a joy. Also, in the scene where Lucy goes to Freddie Fillmore's office, um, the big sponsor that Freddie's talking about having, you know, because of Ricky, is Philip Morris. And in my DVD copy, that's still visible. But if you watch it in, in any of the syndication cuts, you'll see that that's actually removed. And that's because of a law that came into play that we couldn't advertise cigarettes on television anymore. So they recut that scene so that you couldn't actually see the Philip Morris sign um, anywhere. But the DVD restored the original angles. And so that's what I have. Uh, 
the announcer played by Roy Rowan, who was um, who played the announcer for the Mr. and Mrs. Quiz show, introducing Freddie Fillmore. They liked his work so much that he actually became the announcer for the show I Love Lucy, which is a really fun little thing. And finally, while Ricky and Lucy are kind of reclining at the very beginning of the episode, Ricky is reading, and he's reading um, a copy of Look Magazine. And <laughs> if you zoom in, you can see that Lucille Ball is actually on the cover of that a copy of Look Magazine featured in an article called Why Desi's Dizzy for Lucy that Desi wrote and contributed to. So he he could conceivably be reading his own article, which is a really fun little Easter egg. They've done that a few times. I haven't necessarily pointed it out so far, um, but there, there's been a few instances where there's magazines on the table or magazines that someone kind of grabs and flings that have Lucy in it, or that features something about I Love Lucy. It's kind of a fun thing that they do, and I'm going to try to keep pointing it out. So that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be watching one of my secret favorites, Lucy's Schedule. Here's the logline for that. After being late for dinner with his new boss, Mr. Littlefield, Ricky is determined to teach Lucy the importance of punctuality, so he puts her on a rigid time schedule. And I'm going to leave it at that. There's actually a little more to the logline, but I don't want to spoil anything. We're going to have fun. So that's it for this week. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell your friends. These are the best ways to help the show. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week for Lucy's Schedule. Thank you so much for listening to The Ricardo Project. It means more to me than you know. If you'd like to get in touch for any reason whatsoever, I would be so honored to hear from you. You can reach me on Instagram at The Ricardo Project, on Twitter at Ricardo underscore project. I'm very bad at being on Twitter, but I'm working on it. And by email at Project at gmail.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, reviewing, telling a friend. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you next week. 